Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we're looking at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. And once again, I'm on Facebook, Facebook, so don't forget to follow me at Facebook. Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Having a problem getting it out today. <laughs> it's Tuesday, I guess that's why. <laughs> Still the beginning of the week. Today, we are in Psalm 37, and it is a lengthy Um, psalm it has 40 something verses 40 verses to be exact and I will not be reading all of them so once again I'm going to pick some of the verses and then we're going to dive right in so verses 1 through 9 do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways unto the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. I will read 34. Hope in the Lord and keep his ways. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. And I will read verse 37. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. upright. A future awaits for those who seek peace. And then the very last verse 40. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. So this psalm has a lot of familiar verses that we like to, um, I guess, garner as, you know, our go-to scriptures to help us through the day, right? Like trust in the Lord and do good. You know, God takes delight in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart. That's a scripture we like to say. Also, the one twenty-five, where it says, when I was young and now I'm old, the second part, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for bread. How many of you have heard that one, you know, over and over again? I know I have too. <clears throat> and while this is a very lengthy psalm, we are going to break it down into seven commands or challenges that David gives us. Yes, this is written by David. And what category do you think this one falls into? I think this is the very first one that we've um, read that falls into this category. It starts with a W. Wisdom. This is a psalm of wisdom. And it offers seven words of wisdom for us, the reader, um, that we can use. But if we 
read all of the verses. You may get lost in them. So that's why I highlighted those verses. Those are the verses that I read. So you probably will guess what those seven pearls of wisdom are because there's a lot of narrative here. And the verses are comparing the blameless to the righteous, right? Or I mean the blameless or righteous to the wicked. Verses 10 through 33 are really that comparison, that comparison and contrasting of the two groups. Excuse me, those who love the Lord and follow his law, which for us would be those who love God, have accepted his son um, Jesus as our savior and follow his word or his will in our lives. But the verses prior to verse 10 really are the first five pearls of wisdom. The very first thing David tells us is not to fret. This is the very first behavior like we are to have as children of God, not fretting or not worrying about things that are beyond our control. Have you ever met a person that is so consumed with others, how other people spend their money, what other people are wearing, um, what they say to others, the jobs that other people have? I'm sure you've met people like that. It always boggles my mind where they're, you know, people like, did you see what she had on? Did you see what he had? Did you see they went to dinner? Like, why are we so consumed with others? But we are in a society, right, of social media and reality TV. I'm using air quotes for reality because reality TV isn't really reality. But they bombard us with comparison. We're always comparing ourselves to what other people are doing. And that is not good. By engrossing ourselves in this type of quote-unquote entertainment, we open ourselves up for being consumed with other people's lives. And the only thing that God wishes for us to be consumed with is Him. Therefore, we dangerously dance with idolatry when we become so engrossed in other people's lives. And other people who don't even know us have nothing to do with us and who do not contribute positively to our lives. So be careful. Second, David instructs us to trust in God. Looking at how others are prospering or gaming the system or taking advantage of the system or taking advantage of other people can make us jealous and or jaded, neither which are fruit of the spirit. Hello? (laughs) Therefore, we are not to consume our thoughts with what others are doing. We are to place our focus on God. Trust God. God has a plan. Trust him. Next, we are to commit. But commit what? Our plans. This goes back to one of the episodes that I spoke to. God provides guidance to us. When we come to him and, you know, lay our plans down out before him, you know, it allows God to orchestrate things around us. You know, we can allow him to move some things around. And when he does that, we can best be assured that it will always be for our good. I believe that God places desires and dreams in um, our hearts. And our flesh also places desires and dreams (laughs) in our hearts. For us, the believer, the enemy doesn't place dreams and desires in our hearts. but But he does in the unbelievers. But not for us. What he does for us or what he tries to do to us is 
to question our dream and desires, trying to make us second guess what we're feeling, what we're thinking. And this is exactly what he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? His tactics have not changed. And so as you grow in God, you will be better able to distinguish the voice of the enemy. The basic questions I think you can ask are, you know, when you're analyzing your plans or your thoughts and your dreams are, does this thought line up with who Jesus is, his teachings? Does this thought or dream benefit only me or others? Does this thought or dream hurt others? Those are easy questions that you can ask because if, you know, you ask it and, and the question is, does this line up with who Jesus is? Nope. Well, you know, to toss it out. Does it line up with this teacher? Nope. Toss it out. Does this dream only benefit me or others? Now you would think, well, if I'm buying a house, it benefits me. Yeah, it benefits you, but it can benefit the economy and other people as well. Your household, your family. You know, and sometimes God will do something that just benefits you. But that's not always going to be the case because God is always looking out for the whole. But he will leave the 99 to save the one. But he, he's still concerned with the 99. And is what I'm getting ready to do hurt others? If those questions, if the answer to those questions are yes, then that's probably from the enemy. <laughs> When we go to God with our plans, he will provide the guidance we need to proceed. Whether it's agreeing with the plan, changing the plan, or giving you another plan instead. But understand this is a process that you'll have to go through, this committing your plans before God. I think I've stated before I wake up in the morning, I say, okay, Lord, this is what I have going on for the day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to write the podcast. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But if there's anything that you want me to do bring it to me allow me to you know help someone just whatever and as people call or people come in my life whatever happens during that day I know I've already committed it to God and so what's happening is still under his um ordainment if that's a word it's still orchestrated by God and so that's that's what you do I know I want you to understand that when you put your plans before the Lord, it's not like you're going to your boss where you get immediate feedback. Sometimes, yes, God does give you immediate feedback, but sometimes you just got to walk it out with God. And I'll give you an example of when I relocated from Hawaii here to um, Florida. And what everyone was doing around me was renting out their homes. It was my first home that I had purchased and I had decided that I was going to rent just like everyone else to have some rental income right and I went to God and I said this is what I'd like to do I said is to rent out the house but if not you know let me know if it's if this isn't what you want well he never said anything I never got any definitive one way or another and so if I don't get any definitive from God I continue to proceed with what I had placed before him and so my realtor, who was really great, we put it on the market for renting. Now, granted, all of the homes around me, the people were renting. And they would rent relatively quickly. We left Hawaii. No one wanted to rent. A month later, my realtor called me. His name is Brad. And he said, hmm, maybe we should put it on the market to sell. And I was like, huh? 
And he was like, mm, I'm just saying, let's just see what happens. I was like, but that's not what I wanted, but okay. And I remember I cried to the Lord. I was like, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to rent it out. But if this is what you want, Lord, I'll do it. But you know, whatever. It rented, I mean, it sold in two days. And this was back in 2016. And I was just like, Lord, I came to you and I asked what you wanted me to do. And you never said anything, right? You could have told me to put it on market, right? (laughs) But what I got was when I did the reflection was, even though I was paying a mortgage and paying for an apartment, because mama and I were in an apartment here by that time. Yep, we were. I did not feel anxiety over the financial stress that I was under. It was stressful, but I still had peace. And that was something that I had never felt or experienced before with God. And so that process taught me that. But I still placed my plans before him, but he allowed me to wait a while before he allowed his plan to come to fruition. So don't think that when you put your plan before God, it's going to be like, okay, he told me it's good to go and now I'm going. Sometimes you just got to walk it out with God. (laughs) Okay, after committing our plans, David now urges us to be still. See, I always, I still have a problem with being still. God and I are still working on that. This is a great pearl, isn't it? Because we are a mile a minute people wanting everything like last week. (laughs) Not today, not yesterday, but it should have been here last week. We live in an instant gratification world. And we aren't accustomed to being still or waiting on anyone. Yet, God works at his own pace, right? Which is perfect. Just like with me and the housing thing. Like, could could he have not have told me, no, I, I want you to sell like, you know, At least while I was still in Hawaii? Nope. He allowed me to wait. And I had to be still in that. You know? I wasn't going to God going, Okay, Lord, I need a renter. Okay, Lord, things are getting tight here. Okay, Lord, when I was just like, I know God's got it. That's being still as well. Right? Reframing from trying to, you know, work things out in your own, you know, in your own way. But waiting on God, you're just, you've just committed your plans to the Lord. And now you're in the be still mode to just sit and breathe. And when we're in the, in the, while we're being still, we gain perspective. And that perspective is really a precious commodity because so few people have it. Perspective is what allows us to look at life, look at ourselves and look at others and look beyond the surface to see what is underneath. And when we see what's underneath, then we can make better plans. And that's what we get from being still. Just being still and allowing God to do what he needs to do. Being still doesn't mean that you don't go out. You're still functioning. You're still doing your day-to-day. You're still proceeding, perhaps, with the plan like I was still proceeding with. Okay, we're going to rent it. We're going to relocate. I got to get me and mama to Tampa, you know. I was still moving on, but I was still being still, in a sense, to allow God to act. Okay? Now, on the heels of us being still, David tells us to refrain. 
right? (laughs) And how like us, you know, in the middle of our being still to them want to go and do, to be angry, to want to get our say, to, you know, help God. And David is saying, refrain from this as you're being still. You don't need to help God. Actually, what you do is get in the way. Refrain from that assistance that we think we need to give the Holy Spirit from time to time. Refrain from trying to work things out for yourself. Just commit your plans before God. And now that you're still, right, you're in that quiet listening mode. Refrain from the busyness that can often color your minds. That, you know, you continue to be still. You refrain. Especially when the enemy is telling you or asking you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And sometimes that comes in the form of friends going, hey, I heard you were, you know, going to sell your house, but it hasn't sold yet. What are you going to do? Hey, I heard that um, you were getting ready to go to school. Um, Do you have your finances together? What are you going to (laughs) do? You see, refrain. Continue to be still. What am I going to do? I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to refrain from doing anything other than what he has told me to do. I've given it to God. The next challenge that David gives us the pearls of wisdom is he says to place our hope in God and that's what we're doing as we have committed our plans as we have we are being still we are refraining from being busy and getting in God's way we've placed our hope in God that's what that is done when we do that we commit we're still we refrain that's placing our hope in God to look beyond the chaos and focus on him placing our hearts desires our concerns our dreams and disappointments all on God knowing that he is faithful and our hope is never misplaced when we place it in him hoping God is a guarantee that things will work out in your favor lastly as we are being still and refraining right David the very last thing he tells us to do is to consider and I think this is rich because consider when we consider it we are gaining that perspective that I spoke about and then we're analyzing right what we've been able to observe underneath the issues the circumstances the personal behavior of ourselves or others considering you know where we gain the knowledge and the insight that helps us better understand what is occurring around us. It's looking at the other side of an argument, allowing the other side to present and to really listen and think about their side. When we consider, we're able to reflect on all that God has done for us. And when we reflect on all that God has done for us, Isn't our hope renewed? It's like a little circle, I think. We get back to hope. We get back to not being able, not needing to fret. We remember that we've trusted God. 
that we've committed our plans to him, that we are being still, we are refraining from him, that all of that is placed in God, our hope. And then we consider God has been faithful in the past and he'll be faithful for us in the future. And so this psalm offers up those seven pearls of wisdom in the middle of, you know, yes, it may appear that the wicked are succeeding. Yes, it may appear that you may, you're getting the short end of the stick. Yes, life is hard. But do not fret. Continue to trust. Commit your plans to the Lord. Be still. Allow him to answer. Refrain from getting in his way. Remember that your hope is in Jesus. And then consider everything that he's already done for you. Why would he leave you now? Paul tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And since God is on your side, who can stand against you? In this season of caregiving, do not fret. Trust in God. Commit each day to him with the things that you have to do in caring for your loved one. Be still and allow the Holy Spirit to whisper to you. Refrain from getting all worked up in your emotions. I know some days are better than others. Remember that your hope is in God. And consider how much he loves you. And that brings you right back to the fact that your hope is in God. And you can continue to trust him. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. with busy minds, troubled hearts, a lack of peace. We're caregivers. And in caring for our loved ones, sometimes we are just overwhelmed, very much exhausted, depleted of energy, and our spirits can be low. We thank you, Father, for this word because in the midst of that, You've instructed us not to fret, not to worry. You urge us to continue to trust you, to be able to commit all of our plans to you, to be able to come to you and let you know that we're tired, we're frustrated, we're scared. We may be a little angry, but to place all of that before your feet, to commit what we would like to do for the day, for the month for the week for the year and give you the grace (laughs) the opportunity Lord to rearrange our plans because we trust in you help us to learn how to be still to hear your soft voice speak to us to give us further guidance to be patient with you as you have been with us and to refrain from getting worked up in our emotions and the circumstances, you know, falling for the traps of the enemy that get us off kilter. Help us to refrain from that. Help us to continue to place our hope in you. For where else should we place our hope other than you? And then never let us forget as we consider all the things that you have done for us in the past, that you would never leave us today or tomorrow. You are a good God, and we come to you as humbly 
as we know how, saying thank you and asking you to continue to help us, continue to let your will be made known to us, that when we commit our ways to you, Lord, that you highlight and you direct us and you give us clear indication of the ways in which you'd have us to go. Help us to become so in tuned with your will through your Holy Spirit that lives within us that when the enemy tries to whisper us, to whisper questions and accusations in our ears that try to get us off your course, that we immediately respond with, I've trusted God and he is directing my way. Bless each and every person who's listening today. Give them peace, give them assurance, and help them to continue to place their trust in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, remember those seven pearls of wisdom and go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.